Lucifer's massive hooves sent loose gravel pitching from the lime-tree-bordered tribe. The rhythmic, powerful beat brought little comfort to his rider. Arabella turned in the saddle and looked back toward her home. Ibsham Abbey stood proudly in the hazy morning light, its sun-baked red brick walls extending upward to innumerable chimney stacks and gables. There were forty gables in all. She had counted them. As a child of eight, she had eagerly announced this to her father, received a startled look, a hearty laugh, and a powerful hug, but had left her small, sturdy ribs bruised until Michaelmas Day. So many years ago, and now there was nothing, nothing at all, except those forty gables, and they would remain until well after she was dead. They had buried an empty coffin in the marbled family vault. After the women, save for Arabella, had left the cemetery, four of her father's farmers heaved a huge stone slab over the coffin, and the local smithy set about his painstaking job of chipping and hewing out fragments of stone, leaving in the indentations, the earl's name and titles, and the years that marked his life. The empty coffin rested beside Magdalene's, the earl's first wife, It chilled Arabella to see the empty cabin to the other side of her father's coffin, destined for her mother. She had stood in quiet command, stiff and cold as the marble wall behind her, until finally the smithy's ringing hammer and chisel had stilled. Arabella guided Lucifer off the graveled tribe onto a narrow footpath that wound through the home wood to a small fish pond that nestled like an exquisite circular gem in the green oak and maple forest. The day was too warm for the heavy velvet-riding habit. The morning sun baked through the material, plastering her chemise to her skin. Only a splash of white about her neck broke the black. The soft lawn ruffles about her throat made her skin itch. Arabella slid off Lucifer's back and tethered him to a sturdy yew tree. She hadn't bothered with a saddle— She remembered clearly how her father had drawn her aside one day when she was no more than twelve years old, and told her he didn't want to take a chance on losing her, not when she was the best rider for her size in the county. Side saddles were death traps. He would not allow her to hunt in a side saddle. She could pose on one while an artist painted her, but that was all. She would ride astride, or she would ride bareback. She lifted her skirts from the wet morning grass and walked slowly about the edge of the still water to the far side, careful not to trample the long silken water reeds. They were beautiful, those reeds. What a blessed relief to escape from all those black-garbed visitors, with their unsmiling faces, nodding and bowing and reciting their mechanical phrases of sympathy. She marveled at how graciously her mother moved among them in her black rustling widow's weeds, all in the latest style, of course, seemingly tireless, her charm and smile perhaps a bit brittle, but there and well in place. Lady Anne always knew exactly what was expected and executed every duty to perfection. Only Suzanne Talgarth, Arabella's best friend from her earliest childhood, had pulled her aside, said nothing at all, and hugged her close. Arabella paused a moment to listen to the croaking of a lone frog hidden from her view in the thick reeds. As she bent down, she chanced to spot a patch of black, at odds with the myriad shades of green in a cluster of reeds but a few feet away from her. She forgot the frog and walked quietly forward. 
she carefully parted a throng of reeds and found herself staring down at a sleeping man, stretched out his full length on his back, his arms pillowed behind his head. He wore no coat, only black breeches, black top boots, and a white frilled lawn shirt that was loose and open about his neck. She looked more closely at his face, calm and expressionless in sleep, and started back with a swallowed cry of surprise. It was as though she were looking at herself in a mirror, so alike were their features. His black hair was cut close, distinctive black brows arched upward, then sloped gently. His mouth was full, as was...